Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back for episode 21 of the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. How have, you, have you ever thought like Believe in Padres Prospects podcast is hard to say or is that just me? Believe in Padres Prospects podcast? Yeah, you, you tripped over it. <laughs> I trip over everything, man. <laughs> yeah, true you do. But uh, yeah, you never have to say that part. That's always me. And it's, it's kind of a tongue twister. Lots of P. Sports podcast network. It's a mouthful. You know, it gets there. Okay. Uh, a couple things before we get the show going. When was the last time you were on uh, Padres.com? Right now. Besides right now. Today. Doesn't it, lo- of, doesn't it look really sexy? Looking at it right now, it really does. That 2020 membership icon in the left-hand corner, I really want to click on it. Oh, I th- I, weren't you getting calls all day today? And I've gotten like five calls today from different people trying to sell me season tickets. The brown and gold, just everything brown and gold now looks so good. I, I haven't been to the ballpark yet, and I'm really looking forward to all the signage and the LEDs and the screens and the animation. Everything's going to be brown and gold, and it's going to be sweet. I was downtown today overlooking the the golfing setup they have. Oh, yeah? It's pretty sweet. Are you doing that this year? No. Why not? You know, it's a one-time thing. Did it like two years ago. So? Once you do it once, it's kind of over. I doubt that very much. Um, other thing I saw today before we get into the show was, what'd you think of, uh, your tailgate lot getting put up for sale by the city? Did you see that? I did not. In the Union Tribune? That, uh, I don't, what do they call it? The tailgate lot? Is that, is that the official name? I think name? it's the tailgate lot. Okay. Well, anyway, this it's like four and a half acres, I think. And the city is putting it up for sale. The city owns it? Yeah. Interesting. And the Padres want it really bad, but they're going to be, they're going to be opening it up for bids uh, soon, I think soonish. So Bosa Development's going to buy it and put another huge ass apartment. They're talking there. about yeah, apartments or a hotel or retail or office space, like some kind of mixture. It always has to be a mixture whenever they build something new like that. But the Padres yeah, we want have a it. coffee store on the first floor. We need we this need more coffee stores. <laughs> we need we need way more coffee stores downtown. The first two floors are low income, and then we'll be a little microbrew in there too somewhere probably. Oh, for sure. Maybe a kombucha brew. But the Padres say they want it really badly. Uh, I wonder if they are given first rights. What would the Padres put there? They say they want it. I mean, I don't know what their plans would be for it. Build a parking lot? Build a parking structure? Actually, I was reading about it in UT and they said they want to do mixed use also, like development. (laughs) (laughs) not even kidding. (laughs) So uh, on today's show, let's just get into it. Padres coffee. (laughs) we didn't come up with a name for that, but uh, on the Rule Five, eligible players were either protected or left exposed on November twentieth. So that was two days ago. Recording this on Friday evening, and players were either protected or left out, left out for the vultures to claim. And a few names to me stood out. Vultures but- would be a sweet mascot name. How are there no vultures? I'm sure there's a vulture somewhere. I don't think I can't think of any college that's a vulture. Seems like a sweet Canadian football team name mm. or a minor league team even. It would work really well for a minor league team. Yeah. Did you notice that the, we didn't get into the minor league contraction stuff because I just thought it was kind of tiresome. Uh, but the, the Tri-City Dust Devils, the Padres short season affiliate, was on the chopping block as one of the teams that could be cut. Really? Yeah. Dust Devils. Um, Vulture. There you go. Make them the Vultures. Yeah. Dust Devils. Not 
It's not the sweetest name. Um, if you're going to change the name of one of the, the Potter's affiliates, which one would you change? The Dust Devils. All right, let's say the Dust Devils are gone. AZL Padres, they just go by Padres. That's kind of boring, isn't but it? But don't all the teams in the AZL League do that? I don't know. I know the Giants do. Off the top of my head, I don't know what the other ones do. I think Yeah, the Indians. You're right. They're, yeah. So there's the Rookie Bowl teams, Short Season League, uh, Dust Devils, and then it's Low A, High A. Okay, so how about the Low A, High A, Double A, Triple A? Who would you change? Who's not tickling your fancy? I kind of like them all. I mean, the storm is the weakest name, but the hat is just epic. Yeah, I mean, can't change the Saudis. Vultures would work though for that region. There's no vultures in Lake Elsinore. No, like turkey vultures. Yeah, they're they're in San Diego County. Are they? Yeah, I've never seen one. You're not you're not looking right in the right place. They're not. They're around. Uh, not like your big African vulture, but like a a local turkey vulture. Yeah, that's totally a thing. Didn't even know they were they're flying. Next time you're driving up the five and you're going through San Onofre, like Camp Pendleton, look out the window. And if you see a big black bird kind of circling, that's you, a, you mean a crow. It's a turkey vulture. A crow circling. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> the one eyed sparrow. I've got a cough going. Three eyed raven. What's the one eyed sparrow? I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were going for the three eyed raven joke, which would have made a lot more sense. Uh, so the Padres. The issue here is that uh, – well, we're going to get into the couple guys that they exposed, but they don't have a spot on their 40-man roster. So they would not be able to participate in the Rule 5 draft. I, I didn't know – that's something I learned this year. I didn't know that's how it worked is not every team is involved in the Rule 5. And the reason for that is because if you don't have a spot available on your 40-man, you can't claim anyone. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. So as of now, the Potters do not have anyone or do not have any rooms, so they wouldn't be in the draft. And is there like a deadline date on that, or can they still cut someone now? Uh, good, good question. I, I would assume there should be a deadline because teams need to prepare for the draft, I would think. You have to like go in knowing before the names are out there. You can't just like once you see a guy, then drop someone and pick him up. No, I feel like you could make room now. I don't know. Who knows? We'll find out. Uh, the Rule 5 is famously super not that interesting. It's only pretending to be interesting because of the time of year. Speaking There's... of that, you said the Rule 4 is the regular draft? Yeah. What's the 1, 2, and 3? Like, uh, why does it just start at 4? I'm not, I'm not a rule book guy. <laughs> I don't know. Why don't you Google that for me while I'm doing the rest of the show? Whoa. Uh, so the Padres might be skipping that. In that same vein, we're going to take a closer look at the Padres 40-man roster, what it looks like, who's there. Who we think is going to be sticking around all year, valuable pieces, so on and so forth. And then we're going to wrap it up with who is doing what in the winter leagues across the southern hemispheres, or at least the southern northern hemisphere. In that case, I'd be talking about Dominican winter ball. Uh, Mexico has a league, Venezuela. Um, and then we get further south, Australia. And yeah. Anyway. We're going to check in on those guys who are making noise. Anyway, let's get to the rest of the show. There is no rule one, two, or three. It just starts at four. Why is that? No idea. But Jabroni made that rule. I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past their prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. No, you don't have an answer for that one? Google's not telling me. <clears throat> Interesting. We'll have a fan caller call in with the answer. 
Get uh, get MIGs on that. Research MIGs. Figure that one out for us. He can't research. Okay. Cheater. As we assumed, Buddy Reed and Estiri Ruiz were – that's a tough name to say too. Estiri Ruiz were left unprotected along with um, a bunch of other guys that I kind of don't really care about. But uh, the major guy that was protected was Jorge Oña. The major guy that was not protected other than Reed and Ruiz was your guy. Lake Bacher. Lake Bacher. Yeah. So what do you have to think about that? I I would have liked to see him remain on the roster, but there's so many other guys. He's not know? like a young buck. He made it to double A last year. He's 24. He pitched pretty effectively at times. He he struggled a little bit um, towards I mean, the end. Yeah, he'll never be a top of the end starter. It was more like a maybe back end bullpen, bullpen piece. Yeah, but those guys, um, every now and then, like these guys kind of emerge where like you don't expect a lot of them and then you kind of call them up and give them a chance and then they turn out to be, you know, serviceable big leaguers. Uh, I don't imagine Lake Bacher is going to turn into a top of the rotation guy. I don't think anybody is, but is he like an option for a, a rebuilding team? I want to say like the Tigers who just need it are going to roll the dice on a young starter. Just need innings eaters. Yeah. And if you're going to have guys pitching in this loss season, why not give Lake Bacher a chance? I could see Bacher getting, getting claimed. claimed. Yeah. It would not surprise me at all to see Bacher claimed. But um, at the same time with Buddy Reed and Shiri Ruiz, I don't see either of them getting claimed. I can Ru- see Buddy Reed getting claimed. Buddy Reed's a little older too. He's a college guy. He's been around a while. I mean, obviously since he's up for rule five selection, but Ruiz what is 20. did Buddy Reed go to? He's a Gator. Oh, nice. Naturally, um, we call it a Gatorade. Nice. Thanks. He had a he had a really good college career too. And him and uh, he reminds me a little bit of uh, another player that the Diamondbacks just left unprotected. Anthony Greer. Yeah, we're on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Greer reminds me a little bit of Buddy Reed. They're both college players, SEC connection. Uh, left-handed outfielder, athletic, have trouble with the hit tool. So like, it's, that's always been their issue. They can what hit team for... is Greer on? So Visalia is an affiliate of – who is it? It's an interdivisional team. The Rockies? It might be the Rockies. They are an affiliate of Diamondbacks. So you, you had a one-in-four chance one there. One-in-four shot. <laughs> I don't really think either one gets claimed because I don't think anyone's going to stick them as a fourth outfielder all season and just take the minus 5.5 war or whatever it's going to end up being for the whole year, you know? And Ishiro is too young. I don't think anyone wants to stash him. Kind of like Alan Cordoba, like what we did with Alan Cordoba. It's kind of a similar situation with that. Although Cordoba never played above rookie ball, I think, or low A at the time that we signed him. So, but that's that was just... That's just Preller being Preller. I don't think anyone's going to do that with Asturi Ruiz. You know? I mean, that was back when we were so bad. It was like, why why not take a risk on some little kid? In hindsight, how terrible was that team? You, you were, we were starting Luis Torrens, who was as bad or worse than Austin Hedges catching offensively. And then Alan Cordoba. I don't know what we were – He doesn't look like he's even in the long-term plans anymore. He's just not good. He's not going above single A. I kind of liked him. At the I time, he was really tall and long and like could play the outfield, could play the infield. Like he hit a home run. He was a fun player. Now he's kind of, now he's kind of muff garbage. Speaking of Greer, what happened to Will Greer, the West Virginia quarterback? 
I liked Will Greer a lot. Where he did was, he go? He was great. Is he like in Canada or something? Now? I don't know. Should I look it up? Yeah, look it up. Panthers. It's on the Panthers. Just he's on the Panthers. He's backup QB then now, right? Yeah. With uh, Cam out. Yeah. He's just one one play away. Yep. Do you like Cal Allen? I don't think I've seen. A, <laughs> I don't think I've seen a Panthers game this year. Okay. As a where did Kyle Allen go? As degenerate gambler, I kind of just assumed that where did Kyle you Allen watched go to some of the Panthers. Uh, I couldn't tell you where Kyle Allen went. Jorge Onya protected. Okay, so obviously the Padres like what they saw from Onya, and he finally had a good year after struggling a little bit. He had some injuries, and when he did play, though, he tore it up. I think he only played in like twenty-five ish games this year. And it was all at double A and it was all good, which is was nice to see for Monia. The real indicator here for me why they wanted to protect him was that they invested a ton of money in him early. So he's a Cuban defector, international draft or uh, international signing from 2016. But because he was older, he he's his service clock. He has less uh, protection from the rule five. He has a year less. So we, we went over the rules last week. If you sign your deal as an international free agent before 18, you get five years until you become Rule 5 eligible. If you're over 18, then you get four years. And Onya was 20 when he signed. Uh, so this is his fourth year with the Padres coming up, and that's why he's Rule 5 eligible. Yeah, you don't just want to throw $7 million down the drain. No, yeah. They, they invested $7 million in him, which you couldn't do anymore. This is the Wild West of international free agency. But even then, like, so for comparison, um, Adrian Morihone got $11 million, which was nasty. Uh, Jorge Onya, $7 million. It's still a lot of money. So that's kind of one of the, the main reasons, I think, why they're protecting him, at least giving him another year to kind of prove his worth. He's still young. He's not even that far away. If you're, if you're already a double A as a hitter and kind of – you know, having success, then you're, I think he's just, you know, less than a year away probably of if he continues to do what he did last year. He's, he's a year away from being a year away. That's a good way of putting it. It's not like the the Padres outfield is so full of talent that there's no room for him. You know, we're talking about Edward Olivares, who's also on the 40 man roster. He could get a chance this year. Uh, Josh, can't wait for Franchi. Franchi need a full season of Franchi. God, if he could stay healthy, man, he he's got all the tools. He was my favorite player two years ago. Same. And the franchise, he's the most, he was the most exciting players. I have assurance his franchise. He's one of the most exciting players on the team. Um, hits the ball harder and longer than anyone else. He also is the fastest guy on the team. Uh, does a little bit of everything. He's a really fun guy. And what do the Padres need this year? What they're looking for? Exactly that. A left-handed center field type guy who can contribute on offense. That's exactly what Franchi Cordero is. But the dude can't stay healthy. And he's already hurt again this offseason. Is he? Yeah. No. Like a, like a minor – I forgot what it was, but it was something really minor. But still, anything now, just any kind of setback for me, it's like, oh, here we go again. I I can't do another year of this with Frenchy Cordero up and down. If he if he can't stay healthy again this year, I have to wash my hands of you. It's sad. It's like the scene in Goodfellas where uh, 
what's his name? Henry is asking uh, Polly for money at the very end before he goes to prison. I've never seen Goodfellas. Oh my god! <laughs> Oof, that's terrible. That's the worst thing you've ever said to me. Really? That's bad. It's that good. But anyway, the whole point I was fucking making before you didn't get the the reference was he's asking Polly for money. And Pauly, like, t- takes out a billfold from his wall and gives him something. He's like, now I have to turn my back on you. I love you, but I got to turn my back on you now. Wait, is De Niro in this movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've seen it. And Joe Pesci. Yeah, I've seen it. Or they're also in casinos. Did you see Casino? Seen both. Ray Liotta is, yep. in, is in it. Seen both. God, I don't even believe you. So anyway, he says he has to turn his back yeah, on Yeah, where him. he, like, takes the black girl out on a date and, like, locks his car and, like, walks around and goes and unlocks it. What the hell are you talking about? Goodfellas. No. There's yeah. The black girl in Goodfellas. Yeah. The little kid dating the black girl. The the, the little kid? <sighs> Cut that. The Yeah, you're – what are you talking about? Oh, I'm thinking of Bronx Tale. Oh, my God. Other guys who I really liked that weren't protected, so we're not even talking Padres here. But if the Padres happen to dip their toe into the Rule 5, here's some guys that I would consider drafting. If I were them, and depending on who's available, Christian Santana from the Dodgers, they left unprotected. He's a corner infielder, mostly third base. Did he come in that Puig trade? Or has he always no. been a Dodger? No, he's been a Dodger for a while. Okay. Uh, I don't know how they acquired him, but I'm guessing international free agency somewhere. But it's been a while. Uh, he can really hit, and he can hit for power. And I liked him a couple years ago when I was doing that Dodgers Angels Prospects Gross. podcast. Hey, that, that show had some some heaters in it. Uh, the show where we talked about Chernobyl, really, Ooh. Chernobyl's a fire show. If you haven't watched, no pun intended, but if you haven't watched Chernobyl, watch Chernobyl. It's awesome. Anyway, uh, if he accidentally uh, learned how to take walks once in a while, he, he just has a really bad approach. That's his, his the main detractor from him right now. And all these guys are going to be flawed because they've been exposed to Rule 5 in one way or another. But he has a ton of power, and if he's available, I would like to see the Potter. Kind of like a Christian Villanueva type, similar. And Villanueva, as we all know, had some good months with the Padres. Didn't he have a three-homer game when he was on the Padres, Villanueva? I think so, yeah. He had like a six-homers and There was like a nine-homer week. Yeah, yeah. studly. Uh, th- that could be Christian Santana. Jalen Ortiz, outfielder for the Phillies. Looked like an impact guy a couple of years ago. I really liked him. He's still very young. Uh, he did all of his damage kind of in rookie ball, low A ball. Lots of power again. Hasn't been able to hit consistently. He's kind of overweight. Um, I don't think anyone's going to waste a roster spot on him, but he's a guy like long-term. Jose Rojas on the Angels, another guy from that podcast that I did that Wade liked so much. Huge power, huge swing and miss, poor defensively. He's a corner guy, probably DH long-term, and he's just going to be stuck in the American League. Uh, but I think he does get picked by someone. He's an older guy. I think he's like 26 now. It might be 27 as soon as uh, next year. He His numbers in AAA were not unlike those of Hunter Renfro. So he was hitting like 300, but 30-plus home runs. And the writing was kind of on the wall, like, oh, he's never going to be a big contact guy. But the guy can really hit for power, and he deserves a chance somewhere. The guy I really want, so this is the number one guy on my big board for the Rule 5. 
Alec Hansen. Do you remember that name coming out of Oklahoma a couple years ago? Nope. He came out on fire. Absolute stud from the time he was drafted in 2017. I think it was a second round pick. Uh, coming off some injuries at Oklahoma, but workhorse starter. Um, through 2017 and through 2018, he was posting strikeout per nine numbers like in the 12, 13, 14 range at various levels. Walks under three per nine. Stud. Absolute stud. Then he got a little cute in the offseason. He lost a bunch of weight. He thought he needed to lose weight for some reason. He's a big boy. He's like 6'7", 6'8", 240 plus. Okay, Boomer. Um, why are you calling me Boomer? Boomer sooner. Oh. Come on. It's 2019. I thought you were – naturally, I assumed you were insulting me for something. No. Boomer's the new thing. You call people Boomer. When yeah. You, okay. Just throwing it in, you know, staying relevant with the kids. If you're throwing – don't you need to follow Boomer with Sooner if you're going to go that route? It was a whole, you know, I was going – I don't know where I was okay. going. Okay. <laughs> you got caught up in there. <laughs> happens to me all the time. Uh, so he lost a bunch of weight. And I think that was to his detriment. He also had a forearm injury, which limited him a lot at the beginning of the season. So he started his actual season in June and pretty much pitched out of the bullpen. Um, I don't know why they were doing that to him. I guess trying to get his innings back. And he was walking everybody. His fastball backed up on him into the high 80s. It was I, – I, we he clearly lost it. They don't know what happened to him. He doesn't know what happened to him. And reports are that he's getting back to normal – He's an older guy. He's already 24, and I think he's a fantastic candidate for some team to pitch out of the bullpen, either as a long guy or just have him in low low leverage innings. Um, leverage? Yeah, low leverage innings. Why, why not take a chance on it? He clearly has the stuff to be really but good. But here's the real question. Who yeah. do you cut from the 40-man roster to pick him up? I wasn't necessarily even just saying the Padres. I was just saying someone – I think he's got, he would go before the Padres even got a chance. I think he's like a number one, one, one candidate or one, two candidate to go in the draft. He's that good. Um, if he was going to fall to the Padres, who would I want? Who would I cut off the 40 man? Yeah. That's a good question. So let's, let's, you know what, Wade? You accidentally did this, but it's a great transition to our next topic, which is let's go over the 40 man and see who is. Uh, Wait, before we get there. Okay, then you just ruined your own transition. What? Who do you think have been the most successful Rule 5 draft pickups? Oh, did you do a like a Google, like who's the most excited? I looked at this before too. Um, although, do I remember any of the names? Not any big ones. Are you sure? In Rule 5 history? Yeah. There are some big ones. Of the last decade. Oh, okay. Last decade. Because I remember vividly reading this article – I'm doing research for the show that there were some big names out there. Um, last 10 years. What did you say me with him? I don't know. R.A. Dickey. That's a, he had some really good – he was a Cy Young candidate one year. Everett Cabrera Ooh. for the Padres. He, did you like Everett Cabrera as I much did. as I did? I did like Everett. He got caught for roids, but – Marwin Gonzalez. Okay. Hector Rondon. Okay. Tommy Canale. Canale. That's the ESPN guy. Spell it. K-A-H-N-L-E. Canley. Canley. Tommy Canley on the Yankees. He's been a good bullpen piece for them. Well, Rockies picked him up. In okay, but he's been on the Yankees the last couple of years. He's yeah. been pretty good. And Abdul Herrera. Odubel? Yeah. Oof. Abdul. Abdul. <laughs> Odul. It's Odubel. 
Uh, I don't have a, I don't have a great Hispanic accent, but Odubel is is an acceptable uh, white version of that. So he had a couple good years too. He's kind of fallen off lately, but he was a good player. Yeah, those were the big names of the past decade. Um. Okay. Hit, hit me with the all timers. You have them, Johan Santana. Yeah, he won a couple Cy Youngs. Dan Ugla. Ugla was great. Do you like Ugla? Yeah, forearms for days. For sure a roid guy. Yeah, but he played at the right time to do it. Shane Victorino, the flying Hawaiian. Hawaiian punch. Miguel Batista. Okay. Jay Gibbons. I got nothing for Jay Gibbons, but... Willie Tavares. Okay. Fernando Vina. Vina. That's all. Hall of Fame goatee, Fernando Vina. Yeah. Not a goatee guy, but... He had a good one. So did Cammy. RIP. Mm, too soon. You know who gets forgotten in conversations? Speaking of Cam and Eddie, the answer is going to be Cam and Eddie. But you know who gets forgotten in like the third base lore of like great third baseman of all time? I think Cam and Eddie. He, he has these plays where uh, he has those iconic plays where he's on his ass, you know, and he th- makes the throw like from behind the third base line. All yeah. the way to first. It's just like, you know. He did MLB, that all the time. MLB just looks down on anybody during that era and he was they forgot obviously him. on roids. Like Manny makes these plays where he's running to his right and fields like, it and runs into the the dugout and flips it over underhand and drills the guy. Kimmy did it from his knees and from his ass all the time. Jeter did it from the stands. Don't, don't go <laughs> don't go there right now on me, Wade. Uh Jeter makes the catch and then takes five extra steps and dives head first in the stands. Best, first ballot. Best play of all time. 100%. God, he's going to get 100%. Makes a cutoff and flips it when it would have gone there faster without him cutting the ball off and flipping it. Yeah, he had to make it. Manny <laughs> Ramirez did the same thing in left field and Manny got trashed for it. There's no difference between what Manny Ramirez did and Derek Jeter. If you can't tell, we're not the biggest Jeter fans here. Jeter on the Pirates with no rings. Not a Hall of Famer. Agreed. Uh, that's the hot take for the day. Um, so, Alec Hansen, who would you take off the 40-man? Do you have the 40-man in front of you? Let me pull it up. This segment is brought to you by Microsoft Surface. I I have a pretty easy one off the top of my head. Um, I, got, I have the 40-man in front of me, too. Um, it would be a pitcher. I think that makes more sense. I think it makes sense to lose Pedro Avila. I think it's Avila. Avila. Is it Avila? Avila? I don't know where the is there un acento? They don't have accents on the Padres website. Hashtag non-inclusive. Uh, I would do while you're looking. I would do Nick Margavichus. Nick M. I don't see a future for Nick M. And he, I know he was rushed last year, and he was playing above his head, and he was. Kind of doing the Padres a favor just by being an arm that they could count on early in the season. But I don't see anything long-term here for Nick Margavichus, and I bet he could clear waivers. So I wouldn't even worry about sending him down. Okay. Um, a lot of these guys are just kind of dudes, but uh, if I wasn't going to do Nick Margavichus, can can you say that name for me real quick? Nick M. <laughs> uh I would also consider – now, this one hurts a little bit, 
I would consider Anderson Espinoza. Okay. So he's being protected right now in the 40-man, obviously because he has a ton of talent. He was a top 50 prospect when he was healthy, but he hasn't been healthy for two years. And pitchers that can't stay healthy over that period of time, I I don't know if that's ever going to turn around for him. So I think of guys like Jared Parker. So it's like doing the Tommy John and then it's rehabbing and then it's doing another Tommy John or if it's a shoulder strain or if it's a forearm strain or whatever it is, if he, I don't think he's just, I don't think he's built a pitch. He has a, all the talent in the world. He was throwing hundred miles an hour when he was 17. I just don't think it's going to work out for him. If this was, it will be the show and I had to roll the dice and Anderson Espinosa is this talented guy that's always hurt on my minor league team. Cut him. I, I would just have to cut him and like, Hey, Alec, Alec Hansen's right there. Like, why not do Alec Hansen? Yeah. Are we going to get a complaint on iTunes? Like these guys don't know they're talking about. They would cut Anderson Espinosa. Probably. Yeah, that makes sense. So other 40 man stuff. Now that we're here, Javi Guerra still on the 40 man. I think that's interesting. Like they must really. It throws the ball hard. He does. His windup looks a little funky to me. He still looks like a shortstop playing pitcher. Does that make sense? Yep. Just kind of a, he's short. It's a little unorthodox. It doesn't look like he's pitched a lot, which I guess. He hasn't. <laughs> he hasn't. Um, Ronald Bolaños is on the 40 man. He came up last year for the first time. I kind of liked what I saw from Bolaños, even though uh, it turns out his, his end of year numbers were not very good. He walked a ton of dudes. His ERA was over five. Um, but I liked what he did with his fastball, the variations of the fastball they had. It was a, it was a very unique look. He'd throw four seamers, 90 miles per hour, and then he would throw a four seamer, 99 miles per hour. So it wasn't even a changeup. He just had different looks to his fastball and he had some heavy fastballs. He has a lot of movement on some of his fastballs. Um, Avi loves it. There's lots of interesting names in the bullpen. So Michelle Baez is going to be probably on the 26 man roster coming out of spring training along with David Bednar, who turned into my favorite player last year. That is your favorite player. And I, I don't know what's ha- going to happen with it. I imagine he starts in the minors, but still in the 40 man. Same with Adrian Morihon, uh, Luis Perdomo. The bullpen's going to be really interesting next year. There's going to be probably seven spots available for bullpen guys. Munoz, uh, Strom, Winter, Yay. I mean, you run out, of, run out of spots real quickly. They're not going to carry four catchers, obviously. They might not even carry three catchers. And for that matter, we don't even know if Austin Hedges or Francisco Mejia will be on the team. It wouldn't surprise me if either one of those guys was traded by the time uh, spring training comes around. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, any other names of interest on here? We talked about Jorge Onya. We talked about Edward Olivares. Um, Will Myers could be gone. Manuel Margot could be gone. The outfield could totally be shaken up by next season. So Cordero, Naylor, Renfro, I think is a, is an option. Got to expect some trades Someone's for the outfield. And then Margot is going to be in the mix. And then if if any combination of those guys are gone, all of a sudden Olivares might be getting a look because I think he's – He's basically ready. There's not much more Oliveras can do. He tore up uh, Amarillo this year. I think he was in top five in hits, RBIs, 
um, and home runs or something like that. Stole a bunch of bases too. He's a really nice power speed combo guy. And in terms of development, he's basically, I think, ready for a chance at some point. Maybe not out of spring training, but he's ready for a chance. Okay. Okay. Get into our last topic du jour. That's French way. Do you know what that means? Bonjour. Du jour. Something to do with food. I don't know. Like of of the day. So like soup du jour. Oh, okay. Soup of the day. Nice. Uh, so topic du jour. Would be the France. Topic of the day. Whoa. What? Whoa. Get out of here. Strasbourg was lovely. <laughs> Riesling country. <laughs> the worst wine. Riesling. Hey, Riesling's underrated. Uh, not a lot of guys are doing much of interest for me in the winter league so far. So guys that are interesting that are out – um, Ivan Castillo, who's actually a, mi- a minor league free agent at the moment, but was with the Padres all year, is playing for Escojito in the Dominican League. He's not doing a ton. He's hitting 235 with a home run. Um, Logan Driscoll is out in Peoria or, uh, yeah, the, uh, there isn't a fall league. He, so that, that counts as a winter league. Um, Owen Miller was out there as well. Josh Naylor is playing for Escojito. Hudson Potts was out in the winter in the Arizona Fall League. Egui Rosario, which is a guy that was not protected from the Rule Five. Jacob Nix was in the backdoor league. Was that man getting arrested in the backdoor? Oh, I thought that was like a like a like a butt joke or something. No, no. he literal 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 backdoor, yeah, <laughs> figurative backdoor. Uh, yeah, he got arrested with that other Padres prospect who is like kind of no one's ever heard of. Yeah. He's a good-looking guy, though. Is he? Geddes is playing for the Indios de Mayagues. No idea what that even means, but he's playing for them. And it's in the, what did you say, the Venezuelan League? Yeah, they're two and four. Nice. So, uh, Geddes, home run, three RBI so far, hitting 263. Um, striking out as much as humanly possible. But other than that, he's having you know not a bad little winter league. Pitchers, Elliot Ashbeck, who was on the Lake Elsinore Storm all season, he's uh, did some fall league along with a few of our other pitchers, Reese Nair, Reggie Lawson. They all actually had pretty good little uh, fall leagues. Elliot Ashbeck, um, Lawson started twice. I really like Lawson. You do. He, he's he been hurt mostly the last couple of years, but uh, talking with Ben Chase about him, he liked Reggie Lawson too. So he's going to be an interesting guy probably in the – the back half of the Padres' top 30, that's hopefully going to kind of get back on prospect radars this year. Jacob Nix as well, getting arrested, pitching a little bit. Um, I'm sorry. I thought this was America. Elliot, I don't know what that's supposed to mean in this situation. What? Arrested for what? Breaking entering. Just a little Randy Marsh now. Okay. Uh, Get that out. (laughs) Ashbeck, 12 and a third. Has a 292 ERA, but not starting for the Peoria Javelinas. Um, any other names kind of stick out to you uh, offensively or defensively? We kind of talked about all the big ones. Naylor, outside of that home run where he crossed his arms and watched it fly out and possibly got assaulted by the catcher afterwards. I don't know if Naylor has done anything else other than that in 22 games. If I were him, I would have quit the league right after that. Just step on home plate, walk in the dugout. Down the tunnel. Take your cleats off. See ya. Boom. 
back to America. <laughs> um, anyone else do anything interesting? Because Jordy Barley was a guy for me a couple years ago. That was an interesting name. He was in the uh, uh, he was signed in 2017. Has been with the Padres for he's going to be eligible for that Rule Five next year. He hasn't done a ton so far, but he's he's just so young still. Somehow he's the Padres signed him when he was 17 years old. So he played last season at short season uh, Tri City Dust Devils. Um, they had a good little team. Hit 254 with eight home runs, stole 14 bases. Another guy who just needs to work on his approach, refine what his plan is at the plate. Doesn't walk a lot. And that's kind of a trend I've unfortunately been seeing with a lot of the lower level guys in the pottery system. Nobody's really walking. I mean, everyone's trying to hit home runs, but the whole idea with the three true outcomes where you're striking out and you're hitting home runs, the third part of that is walking. But rookie ball is not the time to take walks. And getting on base. I get you don't hit your way off the island, but he's already off the island. So take a walk once in a while. It's going to help you long-term. And I think it's a coaching thing. We talked about this before on the show. We're like, how come none of the lower-level guys are walking? It, it's a, it's To me, it's like that's a coach's issue. No, not for you? Yeah. I mean, that age, just let them hit. All right. Well, if you if, my thing is if you don't build these instincts into them now and reinforce them, then you're not going to have those skills later. It's a lot harder to learn how to be patient at the upper levels. Tomato, potato. Okay. Before we got here, you know what time it is? It is time to win some money with our locks of the week. Target locked. We went 2-0 last week. Who'd you have last week, Wade? I had the Cardinals. Yeah, I remember. Okay. You had the Cardinals. I had the Patriots. We both covered. I think that's back-to-back weeks where we, we've both covered. I think so, I'm like five and one, five and two on the year. Not sure about Check that. Check tape. Uh, you can go back and tally those up yourself. But I was counting until I lost like four in a row and then I stopped counting. But How convenient. We're back. Yeah, it is convenient. So we're back. I've won my last two weeks. You've won at least your last two weeks. So we've been four and oh so far. Am I hot again? No. Why not? I won. I won the Thursday night game too. Losing record. I won the Thursday night game this week too. Did you though? Yeah, I did. So I'll go first. This week I love the Seahawks, but that line smells really weird to me. It's a sucker's bet. Yeah, like what's what's wrong with that? What does Vegas know here that we don't know? Are you double, or do they want you to think it's a sucker's bet and then no. you double think yourself? They don't do that. I don't think that's. A, I don't <laughs> think Vegas does the old. Like, let's trick everyone and we'll give out a really weird line because too many suckers would bet it and then Vegas would The lose. wonkiest line of the season. So the line is they are getting the point at Philly somehow. It's moved to two. Has it moved to two already? Yeah. I checked it this morning. So I know it's a West Coast team going east, which is traditionally when you want to bet against the West Coast teams. But still, like, what are, what are we doing here? It's, a, it's basically a pick em. Yep. So that's weird. Uh, Philly looks like they've turned a corner, but I'm going to stay away from that game because I have no idea what Vegas is trying to make me do, and I don't want to tempt the the Vegas gods. So I'll probably put a small bet on Seattle. I really like both double-digit dogs this week to cover, and so that's Miami at Cleveland and especially Carolina at New Orleans getting 10.5. And, and New Orleans hasn't looked great to me since Drew Reese has come back. I know they'll figure it out at some point, but – 
Carolina's still a pretty good little team, and they have one of the candidates for MVP this year, Christian McCaffrey, who's been studly. I think New Orleans wins the game, but I could see very easily Carolina covering those 10.5 points. That's my lock of the week. What do you got? I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, getting four points. Buccaneers guy, huh? They're so hard to read. Jameis Winston just goes full Jameis Winston once in a while. And so are the – I mean, they're playing the Falcons. The, the Falcons, Falcons should be favored by four points. Are they back? Uh, you know, two weeks, I don't think so. They might be back. No, I'm back to fading the Falcons. Ooh. Take Jameis Winston eating W's this week. He's going to – are they – where are they, on the road or home? It's in Atlanta. Mm. Yeah. Four points is enough for you. Yep. Okay. So Wade with very questionable lock of the week there. Thank you for listening. Please follow the show's Twitter account at Friar Farmhands. And if you enjoy the show, if you don't enjoy the show, subscribe, hit play, don't listen. We're on all your favorite platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. For Wade, I'm Ryan. Check you guys next week. Toward your destination, though you may find from time to time. Where did Anthony Greer go? Quit smelling yourself. It's bad, dude. I need to like go home and take a shower before you get some beers. We're getting beers. Sky fucking blue. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.